This is Hardy Midday, Hardy County's daily radio news program. For the next 10 minutes, we will bring you the latest in local news and events, sports, weather, agriculture, and much more. If you have an upcoming event in Hardy County, feel free to send it to hardymidday at gmail.com. Please remember to include any necessary information about your event in your message. Hardy Midday is brought to you by First National Bank of Wachula, 406 North 6th Avenue in Wachula, and online at fnbwachula.com. Hardy Midday starts now. Good afternoon, Glenn here. Today is Friday, October 20th, and welcome back to Hardy Midday, Cornwall Country 102.1 The Outlaw, brought to you by Hardy County's hometown bank since 1960, First National Bank of Wachula at 406 North 6th Avenue, right here in Wachula. Starting off with your local news, we've shared the complete collection of warrants from Wednesday's warrant roundup at the Hardy County Sheriff's Office. Head to hardymidday.com right now and check out our pinned post for the the complete list. If you have any information in regards to the whereabouts of any individual listed, please call 863-773-4144 or submit a tip to Heartland Crime Stoppers by calling 1-800-226-TIPS. That's 1-800-226-8477. If your tip to Heartland Crime Stoppers does lead to an arrest, you could be eligible for a cash reward. And remember, it is a crime to conceal the location of any wanted individual from law enforcement. Today, Pine Level Road between Reg Rainy Road and Lily County Line Road is closed for crossroad culvert replacement. If you may be traveling within this area today, please find an alternate route. For more information, call the Hardy County Road and Bridge Department at 863-773-3272. And in case you missed it, yesterday, Hardy County Fire Rescue battled a brush fire in the Fort Greene area near County Road 664 and 663 North. Your local Local events cheer on your hardy wildcats tonight when they take on the Northport Bobcats in a non-district home game. Kickoff is at 7 p.m. and you can catch live coverage of this game on 1310 AM, 102.1 FM, or on the web at 1021theoutlaw.com. Tomorrow at 11 a.m. at Pioneer Park, take a trip back to 1864 with Vintage Baseball. Watch the Awkward Baseball Club of Central Florida, Fort Myers Vintage Baseball, and the Brady Shamrocks in a showdown of America's favorite pastime. Classic ballpark treats such as hot dogs and Cracker Jacks will be on sale. The Hardy County players present their latest production, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. At Wachula's Historic City Hall Auditorium at 225 East Main Street, showtimes continue this evening through the 22nd and on Halloween night. Tonight, Saturday and Halloween, it begins at 7 p.m. and Sunday's show begins at 2.30 p.m. Doors open 30 minutes prior to each show, and tickets are $10 for adults and $5 for children. The Fire of the Holy Spirit Conference is coming to Full Gospel Fellowship Church starting Monday, October 23rd through Sunday, October 29th at 1795 Highway
Highway 17 South in Fort Meade. Services begin at 7 p.m. each night. Starting on Monday afternoon, we'll announce each evening's special guest. Heartland Events is hosting a fall festival this weekend, October 21st and 22nd, and next weekend, October 28th and 29th. Visit Heartland Place at 3350 Highway 17 North in Bowling Green for lots of fun fall activities, including outdoor inflatables, a farm train, hayride, games, pumpkins, axe throwing, and more. Open Saturdays 11 to 5 and Sundays 1 to 5. Admission starts at $5 and kids 2 and under are free. A percentage of all tickets sold will benefit Big Brothers Big Sisters of the Sun Coast. And finally, New Hope Elder Care Services is inviting everyone ages 60 and up to dine at their complimentary Thanksgiving dinner for seniors. Happening Wednesday, November 15th at Florida's First Assembly of God Church. The feast includes roasted turkey and baked ham, green beans, mashed potatoes, gravy, stuffing, and pie. Live entertainment will also be provided. There is no cost to attend, but you must pre-register by calling 863-773-2022 no later than November 3rd. Your jobs here in Hardy County, Advent Health is hiring a registered nurse, a diploma in nursing, basic life support certification, and a current Florida registered nurse license are required. Streamsong Resort is hiring a front desk agent, at least three months of related experience, customer service skills, and English fluency are required, and ground level is hiring an office cleaning professional. Prior cleaning experience, reliable transportation, and a clean background check and drug screening are required. All these jobs and more at Indeed.com. The Hardy County Sheriff's Office, the Wachula and Bowling Green Police Departments, and law enforcement agencies nationwide remind you to do the 9 p.m. routine. Remember to check every door and window in your home at 9 p.m. tonight and ensure that it is securely closed and locked to help protect against burglary. Remember to do the same with your vehicles, removing any valuable something inside. By doing the 9 p.m. routine each and every night, you make your home a safer home. Remember, lock it or lose it. Be sure to send your job openings, news, or events to Hardy Midday, Hardy, M-I-D-D-A-Y at gmail.com, or you can message us on our Facebook page. Please remember to include any event brochures, pamphlets, or flyers with your message. They'll greatly assist us and we'll read them on the air for you. Coming up, your local weather report and forecast, plus your agriculture, business, and sports news. Hardy Midday will return in just a moment. First National Bank of Wachula offers mobile banking. Download our mobile banking app and have instant access to your accounts. Check your balance and activity whenever you need to. Manage and pay your bills from almost anywhere. Check out mobile banking from First National Bank of Wachula. It's quick, easy, and secure. PartyMidday.com is your internet destination for area news, upcoming events, and so much more. Our new site combines the stories and events you'll hear on Hardy Midday, plus national happenings. Get an instant look at your weekly weather, plus live radar. Listen to past Hardy Midday shows, and you can even send us your events using our friendly message form. Write it down or make it a bookmark. www.hardymidday.com That's www.hardymidday.com 
Welcome back to Hardy Midday from Rural Country 102.1 The Outlaw. It's time now for your weather report and forecast. 77 degrees out, feels like 81. Mostly cloudy skies with no predicted chance of rain. Your shade temperature is 75 degrees. Winds west at 6 miles an hour with gusts up to 10. Your air quality is fair. The maximum UV index is 4 moderate. The humidity slightly humid at 58%. Your dew point is 61 degrees. 76% cloud cover, 10 miles of visibility, and your cloud ceiling is 30,000 feet. Your Hardy County extended forecast for the cities of Wachita Bowling Green and Zolfo Springs. Last updated 10:31 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. This afternoon, sunny with highs in the mid-80s, west winds 5 to 10 miles an hour. Tonight, clear, lows in the mid-60s, west winds 5 to 10 miles an hour. Saturday, sunny, highs in the upper 80s with west winds at 5 to 10 miles an hour. And Saturday night, mostly clear in the evening, then becoming partly cloudy, lows in the upper 50s, northwest winds at 5 to 10 miles an hour going into sunday mostly sunny highs in the mid 80s north winds 5 to 10 miles an hour and sunday night mostly cloudy with lows in the lower 60s that's your hearty midday weather report and forecast for today tonight and the weekend you're all caught up now so let's go to your agriculture news from the Ag Information Network, I'm Bob Larson with your agribusiness update. All U.S. cotton is forecast at 12.8 million 480-pound bales, down 11% from last year. Peanut production is forecast to be up 13% from 2022. Cotton production in Alabama is down 18% from last year, while peanuts are down 7%. Florida cotton production is down 39%, while peanut production is down 21%. In Georgia, cotton production is down 13% from last year, while peanut production is up 16%. American Farms reported record cash receipts of $555 billion from the sales of all commodities in 2022. This beat the previous 2014 high by 3.1% after adjusting both for inflation and was 28% above the 20-year average. The 2022 record cash receipts primarily resulted from the strength of commodity prices, although production levels were also strong. Cash receipts from crops amounted to $288 billion, while receipts from animal products totaled $267 billion. Most consumers appear to prefer brand name beverages over generic or store brand beverages, according to the September Consumer Food Insights Report. The Purdue University report further indicates consumers make this choice even when presented with a sizable price discount on generic or store brands. In contrast, most survey respondents said they weren't willing to pay a premium for brand name meats, fruits, and vegetables. For over 40 years, the Ag Information Network has been providing news and information for the most important industry in the world, agriculture. The Ag Information Network gives you worldwide updates from local producers to regional organizations, from major crops like wheat and corn to animal agriculture to specialty crops like apples, almonds, and cherries. We report on stories that mean the most to you. Online at aginfo.net, the Ag Information Network, trusted and transparent journalism lasting for the next generation. For the last 40 years, the Ag Information Network has been the source of news for farmers and ranchers, yet we have never seen such an assault on farming and our food supply as we do today. From fuel to fertilizer, farmers are facing unprecedented economic challenges. This is why agriculture news that farmers receive comes from the Ag Information Network reaching coast to coast. Deep roots in farming and decades of reporting, the Ag Information Network, trusted and transparent journalism for generations. With your agribusiness update, I'm Bob Larson. 
Listen up, farmers and neighbors. SNS Irrigation and Farmer Supply can take care of all your irrigation needs, from house pumps to turbine service and backhoe service and more. Whatever your irrigation needs, including PVC pipes for pump and repair services, call owner and manager Randall Smith, 863-773-6255. Also on call if needed. That's SNS Irrigation and Farmer Supply, located at 127 North George Burris Avenue in Wachula. Open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. With your Southeast Regional Ag News, I am Haley Ship. This is the Ag Information Network. The world's largest cultured meat facility is in production now in North Carolina. In fact, Wilson, North Carolina. Construction is ongoing for Believer Meats as they build that world's largest cultured meat factory with a ribbon cutting expected next summer. Gustavo Berger, CEO of Believer Meats, explains just how cultured meat works. The process is producing meat from animal cells. We go for uh, the extraction of the cells and we grow these cells, providing them all the nutrients that they need. And we grow those cells in a very controlled environment and moving from flasks to tanks. Once the, the cell reaches a specific density and growth in that tank, we harvest that product. It goes through a washing process to separate what are the nutrients and the ingredients and the cells, and then we have the biomass. Part of what we harvest comes back to the tank for the next production cycle. So after that harvesting process, we have the biomass, which is the basis of the meat. And then from that, we get to the final product. He calls it a continuing process, but says it can take up to six to eight days to harvest a specific cut of cultivated quote-unquote meat. Impressions. On social media, they're peddled for pennies on platforms like Facebook that can be biased, even censored. So what are you really getting for your advertising dollar? I invite you to join the Southeast Regional Ag News Radio Program, where our impressions are priceless, where it's impossible to put a value on information that empowers farmers and ranchers. If you're a company that values the impression you have within our ag community, support this radio station by sponsoring the Southeast Regional Ag News Program. For the last 40 years, the Ag Information Network has been the source of news for farmers and ranchers. Yet we have never seen such an assault on farming and our food supply as we do today. From fuel to fertilizer, farmers are facing unprecedented economic challenges. This is why agriculture news that farmers receive comes from the Ag Information Network reaching coast to coast. Deep roots in farming and decades of reporting, the Ag Information Network, trusted and transparent journalism for generations. This has been your Southeast Regional Ag News. For more information, visit aginfo.net. I'm Haley Ship. And now for your business news, the stock market report and your sports news. With the Wall Street Business Report, I'm John Scott. Wall Street closing lower as it faces the prospect of a 5% yield on the 10-year Treasury for the first time since 2007. The S&P 500 losing 8 tenths percent today following a mixed set of profit reports from Tesla and other influential companies. Stocks felt pressure from the bond market, where rising yields have been squeezing Wall Street since the summer. The yield on the 10-year Treasury touched 4.99% before pairing its gain. The Dow was down 251 points, closing at 33,414. The Nasdaq lost 128 to 13,186. The S&P 500 dropped 36 points to 42.78. New York oil rose $1.05 to $89.00. 37 cents a barrel. For the Wall Street Business Report, I'm John Scott. With SRN Sports, I'm Michael Harrington. We'll start with baseball playoff action of the Astros who climb back into their ALCS 
with the Rangers. The Astros pounded Max Scherzer and pulled within two games to one in the ALCS by outscoring the Rangers 8-5. Scherzer opened the scoring by uncorking a wild pitch in the second, and Martin Maldonado added a two-run single later in the inning. Jose Altuve added a solo blast in the third off Scherzer who was reached for five runs over four innings in his first start of the postseason. Jordan Alvarez had two RBIs, Mauricio Dubon had three hits, and Christian Javier held Texas to two runs and three hits over five and two-thirds. I'm Dave Ferry. NBA News, the Sixers say they have no explanation for why James Harden skipped practice Wednesday, but plan to proceed as if the disgruntled guard will play in the preseason finale. Harden said last week he might play, but then again he might not. This is SRN Sports. Moving on to NHL action, Josh Harris scored a pair of goals in his season debut, leading the Ottawa Senators to a 6-1 win over the Capitals. Vladimir Tarasenko, Artem Zub, Claude Giroux, and Jake Sanderson also scored for the Senators, who picked up their third straight win. Anton Forsberg made 23 saves. The Detroit Red Wings beat the Pittsburgh Penguins 6-3, rounding out the NHL action. NFL News Colts rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson will have season-ending shoulder surgery. Coach Shane Steichen says the long-term health of the former Florida Gators star was the key factor in making that decision. The fourth overall pick in April's NFL draft, Richardson suffered a sprained AC joint in his right shoulder at the end of a short run against Tennessee earlier this month. With Richardson out, veteran Gardner Minshew will continue to start. And the Jets are trading seldom-used wide receiver McCole Hardman back to the Chiefs. This is SRN Sports. And now here's Chet Huddleston with an interview discussing tomorrow's vintage baseball game. Thank you, Glenn, and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a captivating discussion in the realm of vintage baseball. I'm Chet Huddleston, your host for today's interview, and we have a true legend in studio with us, none other than Kevin Doyle, the esteemed captain of the Vagabonds. But before we dig into this discussion, we also have two other guests with us today. Ladies, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Charlotte Gaines. I'm the Assistant County Manager for Hardy County BOCC and also the Parks Recreation and Marketing Director and any other hat as assigned. <laughs> and I'm Stacy Smith. I am the Community Engagement and Marketing Coordinator for Hardy County. Perfect. And Kevin? Um, tell us a little bit about what you do and who you are. Great. Thank you. Well, first of all, thanks for having uh, the invitation to come here and talk about vintage baseball. So um, my wife and I went to a vintage baseball game back in March of 2019 down in Fort Myers. It was sponsored by the Edison Ford Winter Estates. And when we saw the game being played, it was like, wow, I think um, this would be fun to do. So we set about forming up our team. There already been a team up in Kissimmee. Probably they've been around for about 10 years. Okay. So we're newbies to the to the hobby. Um, so really we started the team in the fall of 2019 and started playing in January 2020. So it's a hobby and um, it's fun. And I'm the captain of the team mainly because I formed the team. Okay. And I got, I got most of the bats and balls and all the kit that we that we need so so when i think vintage baseball i think of watching a movie and seeing the the clips of an old baseball game tell me what makes vintage baseball today as you play it different than watching baseball on tv or something like that right so vintage baseball is a hobby where we actually play the game but we play the game using rules 
from the 19th century. Okay. So we, we use the rules from 1864, which are very different than the modern game. That's what makes it vintage baseball. Other teams, there's probably two, 300 teams around the country that play vintage baseball. And most teams, when you get together, will play rules from 1864. But some teams play rules from later in the 1800s. You know, so um, that's what really makes it vintage is that we're using rules. So the rules from an okay. earlier period, and we're using the equipment from an earlier period. Okay, and um, what's some big differences between between the equipment? Uh, big difference is there's no gloves. In 1864, oh, wow. okay. you caught the ball barehanded. Now, the ball is not as hard as a modern-day ball, and it doesn't have the same stitching. Okay. It's a little softer, but um, you catch it with your bare hands. Okay. Um, another thing would be the bats are obviously wood. And if the ball hits the ground and bounces and you catch it on the bounce, that's an out. So you don't have to catch the ball in the air all the time. Um, later in the 1800s, that went away, and you had to you know, catch the ball in, in the air. So that's probably one of the big differences. And then there's really no – there is an umpire, but the umpire is there only to make decisions that can't be decided between the players. And you don't call balls and strikes um, unless the pitcher's having a really hard time throwing the ball across the plate. Um, then they'll start to call balls. And if the batter's really not swinging at, at pitches that should be swung at, then they'll start to call strikes. So. Okay. Now, this is something that you watched a game and you decided, man, this looks so fun, i got to do it. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about, um, you know, I guess the different teams, how far spread is it, is it statewide, is this something that happens nationally? Um, t- tell me a little bit about, um, you know, you guys and, and how it's structured today. Good. Um, it's funny because in 2019, it's the first time we saw a game. But then once we got involved in the in the hobby, we realized, that, like I said, that there's hundreds of teams around the country. Um, there's probably more teams up in New England, the mid-Atlantic states, and the, and the Midwest. There's a few teams out in California, Arizona. Down here in Florida, we have three teams. Okay. We have the fellows from Central Florida that are called the Awkwards. We have a new team up in Bradenton called the Shamrocks, and then the Vagabonds from Fort Myers. So, okay. um, so we're a small community here in Florida. The state of Tennessee has so many um, teams that they have their own league. Oh wow! You know, okay. in, in in Tennessee, and we belong to the Vintage Baseball Association, which is like the umbrella organization. That's where we get our sports insurance. That's where we get the rules from 1864, plus there's other rules out there on the website. And they, they run a convention every year where we get together and talk about vintage baseball for a couple okay. days. <clears throat> so if someone was uh, listening to this and they're like, man, what all goes into starting a team? That sounds like a pretty big project. Um, well, because the, the vintage baseball game that we saw was run by and sponsored by the Edison Ford Winter Estates, because Thomas Edison, when he was down in Fort Myers, he was a big baseball fan. And in the 20s, you know, the, the major league teams started to come down to Florida for their spring training. Connie Mack came to Fort Myers. Okay. Terry Park, uh, Terry Field is a historic uh, center for um, spring training. So that's the connection there between the Vagabonds and and um, and uh, Thomas Edison. So we went right to the Thomas to the Edison Ford Winter States and said, hey, y'all sponsor 
a tournament, you know, a one-day tournament, do you have folks on staff or anybody you know that would like to form a team? So we actually had two fellows from the chief financial officer and one of the curators from Edison Ford said, yeah, we'll do it. And then we just, you know, tried to advertise and put the word out sure. and, and put, put a team together. So, And how many people does it take to make a team? Well, there's nine players, and that was in the, in the day back in the 1800s. The baseball teams were referred to as your nine. Okay. You know, it would be like the – the Wachula Nine, you know, that was the right, that's what right, they were okay. called. Um, so nine players is kind of the core. Okay. Um, but if you have a say a dozen players, that's that's even better because you know people are busy. They got jobs. They got family. They got other hobbies. Right. So we can't expect everybody to turn up every mm-hmm. game. So the more we got on the roster, the better. Okay. So tell me a little bit about. Um, the schedule, how often you guys play, where somebody might be able to come and watch you guys play? Right. Well, Zolfo Springs has become sort of our um, in-between spot for all three teams. Uh, we, when we started off back in 2020, we were traveling a couple times up to Kissimmee, a couple times down to Fort Myers, and, you know, those are long distances. And then uh, on our way to K- Kissimmee, we'd drive through Zolfo Springs and was like, oh, Pioneer Park. And so we checked in with Hardy County and said, could we use the field? And as long as we weren't in that period where y'all are having your big Pioneer Festival, right. uh, after the New Year's, we were we were good to go. So Zolfo Springs has kind of become a place where we, we can travel from three different directions in an hour, an hour and a half, and and play ball. Okay. So we'll have one game a month pretty much starting in October, and then that'll take us through Christmas, and then in the the start of the next year, uh, we'll travel to everyone will travel to Kissimmee, everyone will travel to Fort Myers because the uh, Edison Ford will have their one day tournament, okay. and then we'll go up to uh, Bradington as well. So it's pretty much once a month, and we'll squeeze in two games at the end in April. So okay. October to April, uh, when uh, you know in theory the the weather is a little cooler. Come sure. summertime, we just can't. Yeah. Because we wear authentic uniforms, we have wool uniforms, cotton uniforms. <laughs> wow, <I bet laughs> they don't really, warm. <laughs> they don't really, they don't really stand up too well in the heat and humidity. Right. So, uh, Charlotte and Stacy, uh, how did you guys hear and become uh, involved with this? So, Mr. Kevin reached out to the county and let us know that they had played in Pioneer Park before. We did not know that being that Charlotte and I are new to our positions. Um, Once I heard that he was interested in coming back to Pioneer Park, I took that and ran with it and said, you know, let's let's get a crowd out there for you. So we're going to have um, vendors, food trucks for hamburgers, hot dogs, bold peanuts, popcorn, Cracker Jacks, all the good old timey foods that you associate with baseball. And um, we have... We have tried to uh, promote this via our Facebook page. We have a Hardy County Board of County Commissioner uh, webpage. If everyone wants to go on there, they can see the um, event dates. We have the dates there. So we just thought that this would be something good, a free family event that all of Hardy County could come and enjoy. Now, the next game, I understand, is tomorrow, um, Saturday. Yes. 
Yes, Charlotte. Uh, I can I can see the wheels turning. Well, over I here. just um, because it's it's very near and dear, I think, to the county as a whole, sure. because our history is our future. So whenever this opportunity presented again, like Stacy said, we were not very familiar with it. So it was like a prime opportunity to be able to really highlight on the history of Hardy County and then especially in Zolfo. So we're having it at Pioneer Park, which most who are familiar with Pioneer Park and are familiar with Wachula know what that is. But for anyone who doesn't, Pioneer Park is um, a county-owned park, and it's um, bordered by the Peace River. It's about 115 acres. And we also have the museum that is located there, which is what makes this a prime location for this event. So the wildlife refuge is also there, but the museum began in 1967, and so we have a lot of the era-related items in there. We also have um, some histories from the Pioneer families that were established, and there's a lot of different exhibits that are on display as well. So it makes us where it really highlights on the history of Hardy County. There's a lot of other opportunities there because we have the, like I said, the wildlife refuge. And so you can call in and schedule to have a guided tour because right now the tours are not taking place except for by appointment just because we are repairing from Hurricane Ian. Sure. But there's a lot of opportunity to come out and make this a really um, free family event where they can come out and be able to see the ball game. They can tour the museum and then they can also have a, a guided tour on the wildlife refuge. That is awesome. And, and uh so just just to reiterate that the the wildlife ref, refuge and the museum would be open during the same day while this is all going on. Yes, sir. Awesome, awesome. So um, I'm sure everybody's looking forward to that. Um, Kevin, tell us a little bit about getting prepped for game day. Yeah. Um, well, usually our first pitch is at 11 a.m. and people start arriving around 10 o'clock because um, we have to. Uh, line the field uh, the bases are 90 feet apart just like in modern baseball that was like that's the way it was back in 1864 we use flour so we, we go out there and we, okay. we pour some flour between home plate and first and home plate and third measure off the distances so we're, we're doing that um it's uh, interesting that the, the park goes back to 1867 as far as the history because we plant two flags out on like foul as on the foul baseline okay and the stars on the flags are from 1867 and so we're pretending that it's 1867 okay. um and some of the material awesome. we hand out to uh spectators uh take you back to 1867 and we're trying to create the mood you know that that we're not watching modern baseball so got to get the field ready let the players warm up the captains will toss at the coin to see who's going to bat first or, or take the field. It's their choice. And then we pretty much we pretty much get going. So, And, and how long does a, a typical average game last? We like to play two seven-inning games to make it worth everyone's time coming okay. out and playing. So I think it would probably take about an hour, 15 minutes, hour and a half or so to get through um, seven innings of baseball. And what time does this game start tomorrow? It'll first pitch will be eleven if okay. we've got everything sorted out, uh, ready to go. Um, 
So and then so they'll, t- they'll take us into the early afternoon as far as time out there. Awesome. And Stacy or Charlotte may want to jump in here. What time does activities uh, as far as vendors and all of that stuff, the museum, the uh, what time does all of this stuff open? The vendors will be there. Um, they will be arriving around 10 a.m. So okay. they'll be there before the game starts. Okay. Um, the museum and the wildlife refuge will be open around 9 a.m. that morning. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it sounds like uh, sounds like a great event. I uh, hope we have a great turnout there. Um, is there anything that we haven't covered that you guys feel like we need to cover? I think I think you've uh, touched on sort of the highlights. You did mention how people could join in if they're you know if there's you know we're we have we go from like sixteen year olds to seventy year olds. So. I didn't ask age groups. So and yeah, there's a male and female, that. so okay. you know we're not uh, we need players <laughs> so, so so if someone's listening to us today or someone comes out on saturday and they watch this just as you did and they're like man i just want to get involved what what's the what's the avenue that they need to, to well, do they so? can they can work with one of the three captains to, okay. to join the team um, or they could come out to the next match and give it a try okay and there's no obligation to to sign awesome. uh, a paper and, and officially join a team so that's one way to do it. Just come out to the field, Zolfo Springs. Come out, give it a try, and if you like it, then you then you'll 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 see the schedule, and you can you know plan on making it a hobby for yourself. That's great. And if we have a listener that might not be able to make it out on Saturday, but would like to have more information or get involved, sure. well, um, Stacy's put out a lot of good information. Perfect. It lists the dates of our uh, games throughout the fall, and then we skip the months in early. 2024 we'll be back in april okay so and we'll be sure and uh share that information on our station's facebook page also so and can you tell them the uh names of your facebook pages i know you had three separate facebook pages yeah we've got the um awkward baseball club of central florida so you go facebook awkward baseball club of central florida uh, fort myers vintage baseball and the Bradington Shamrocks Vintage Baseball Club. You can find those on um, the uh, Facebook. You could also go out to the web and search Vintage Baseball Association. That's our, our sort of mothership organization. Okay. And they also list a lot of teams and, and whatnot. But and if you I'm go glad, to these Facebook yeah. pages, there's we, we post pictures, schedules, all kinds of information. And I'm glad you mentioned that because we have listeners over in other states and stuff that may have some interest in this, and uh, that's a great way for them to find out also. Exactly. And you could be traveling, you could be on vacation, sure. and who knows, there might be a vintage baseball game going on. Awesome. How great that is. Um, anything else that we need to cover? Miss Charlotte has something. I can I can see the wheels turning again. <laughs> Just come out to the ball game. Come out this Saturday and support us and come visit the museum, tour the wildlife refuge, take a hike on the trail, play in the playground, enjoy our picnic area, visit the historical area, and if you want to fish, put in at the Peace River. Well, as our conversation on vintage baseball with Kevin Doyle comes to a close, I'd like to express our gratitude for his insights and passion for this timeless sport. We hope you've enjoyed this discussion on vintage baseball. 
Thank you for joining us. And until next time, I'm your host, Chad Huddleston. Now let's toss it back over to Glenn. And that concludes our time with Hardy Midday today, brought to you by the Speed Smiles and Service you'll always find at Hardy County's hometown bank since 1960. And no other bank deserves that title under their very own First National Bank of Wachula. You can stop in and see them at 406 North 6th Avenue right here in Wachula or visit them on the web at fnbwachula.com. And remember, if you have an account open with First National Bank of Wachula, you can manage your accounts anytime and anywhere you go using their electronic banking system. Your quote for the day, at the end of a hard week, my brain has a left and a right side. In the left side, there's nothing right. And in the right side, there's nothing left. Tune in, not tomorrow, but Monday for the latest in Hardy County news and information. I've been Glenn and we will see you then. Until then, have a great and safe rest of your day and a great weekend, folks. For recording of today's show, send an email with the date of the show requested to hardymidday at gmail.com. Hardy Midday shows may not be sold or redistributed without the express written consent of WAUC Radio and Hardy Broadcasting. The news and event information presented in this show has been verified to the best of our ability. Please contact us if any errors are found. This has been Hardy Midday, a production of Hardy Broadcasting, LLC.